0: Go to King, King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership.
1: Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try.
2: Window get their second.
0: You're listening to League Carson. Newcastle hunting,
2: 100 rugby league. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I am, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and we're back for episode 9 of 2021. And we've got a bumper lineup for you today. We'll be starting off with our resident stats man, Josh Spiegelman, to cover off on all the stats and numbers from the Denton Engineering Presidents' Cup. We'll follow Josh up with uh, none other than former Newcastle Knights, flyer and now curry curry bulldog, Nathan the Ross dog, Ross, uh, to cover off on the President's Cup and his thoughts on how the competition's is shaving up Curry's season so far and what they've got ahead. And also, the million-dollar question, obviously, is when will he be kidding up in the red, white, and blue of the Curry Curry Bulldogs. We're also joined by Thornton Beresfield Bears coach Michael Dent. Uh, he of uh, Coaching Lineage, the son of Coach Noel Dent, who's been around the traps and has coached everywhere around Newcastle, uh, from Macquarie to Maitland, up to Woodbury, East Maitland, West Wallsend, uh, and he's back at Woodbury this year. But uh, we'll have his son Michael on this year, who's, uh, as I said, the coach of the Thornton Beresfield Bears and also will be looking to pull the boots back on later in the year when he recovers from injury. So uh, that'll be another great insight. And then we'll wrap up having a quick look at the Knights in the NRL with uh, Josh Spiegelman again. He is our resident stats guru. He's also a resident Knights guru. So sit Back, strap yourself in and enjoy what is undoubtedly going to be a cracking episode of League Castle. Alright, as we've done the last few weeks, it's time to kick off the show with our resident stats guru, the stats man, Josh Spiegelman. Josh, welcome back again, mate. Uh, You'll be uh, taking taking over this show before uh, we know...
3: Thanks, Chrissy. I don't know about that, mate. I don't have the chops for it like you, but I appreciate uh, you inviting
2: me back on. Well, they do say I can talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles, mate. So eventually <laughs> it's taken me 30-odd years to find a use for that skill, but here we are. Mate, uh, the stats have uh, been coming in thick and fast. There's been some real standout performers from an absolute cracking weekend, some really good games, a couple of blowouts as well. Blowouts, though, can lead to some significant stats for a few of the sides as well. So let's jump into it. Let's have a look at... Uh, we might go sort of in reverse order of how they finish. We'll start with Souths and West, mate. Uh, who have you got as your standouts from that game?
3: Yeah, mate, obviously South Newcastle getting their first win of the season. Um, I'll be mentioning Jake Dooley, the centre this week. I thought he ran the ball really well. Ten carries, three tackle busts and an offload. Uh, not, not amazing numbers by all means, but just every carry he had, he won a lot of them. And he often found his front, which was great. Uh, off the bench, Harry Croker, he was strong again. He's, he's done that a few weeks now. He had um, four offloads, and importantly, each one was an effective offload, not ineffective. He had also had 11 carries, and he won 86% of those runs. So yeah, good, good performance from him. Also, uh, one of those offloads led to the match-winning try, um, to someone we will talk about at the end of this segment.
2: Yeah, lovely, mate. And uh, Jake Dooley, unfortunately while those stats are excellent, did break his uh, try scoring run. He'd scored in both the last two games before that, so hopefully he can find that try scoring form again in the next couple of weeks for Souths. Mate, uh, we'll move along, and Macquarie, they did uh, a, a fair job in their game, and uh, there was a couple of standouts for you there.
3: Yeah, it was an interesting game. Obviously, Lakes, so I thought they were much improved. The uh, scoreline kind of reflected that, 22 points of their own, so we'll start there. Um, their fullback Matt Cooper he, he, he did pretty well from the back there he had um, 17 runs for a team high 162 metres uh, 3 tackle busts 2 line breaks 2 line break assists 2 try assists and a forced dropout so he filled the stat sheet for Lakes in a great effort and then in the forward pack I thought their, their hooker Temple Calipo. he had 30 tackles at 94% success rate and was also got on the other side of the ball too with 2 offloads 2 tackle busts a line break 2 line break assists and a try assist so Both players stand out there for me for Lakes.
2: It's great to see the uh, Seagulls starting to find some form, mate. As a a former Seagull, I'm I'm happy to see they're getting there and hopefully, like South did on the weekend, they can, in the not-too-distant future, break that duck. I'm sure uh, Robbie Payne will be uh, painting the town red once that happens.
3: Exactly, mate, exactly. And on the other side, um, yeah, the Scorps, they they obviously came away with the win, but by their own admission, a pretty scrappy, scrappy effort um, overall. Uh, But a couple of standouts still, obviously, I thought um, Jordan Noble uh, in the forward, second rower, he topped the team with 44 tackles. So when anyone breaks that 40 tackle mark in this competition, that, you know, piques my interest. It doesn't happen too often. And to do that at a 90% success rate is um, outstanding. He also forced an error with one of those tackles. Um, And also the halfback, Andrew Sumner, uh, two line break assists, a try assist, a line break, an offload, and two tackle busts. So he was dangerous with ball in hand.
2: Yeah, lovely mates, and um, having a look at the other games, and and probably a stat that you know we posted up that leading try scorers uh, during the week. There was someone starring. Well, the first of those is uh, that that got involved with a double was Matt Soper Lawler at Maitland, and there was a few others that uh, managed to rack up some stats in that game as well with Maitland putting on the points.
3: Yeah, Maitland ran away with this after half time. It was pretty close for the first half. Actually, I thought the entrance did okay, but yeah, Maitland's class shone through there in the second half with their. Strong roster. Yeah, as well as Sopalula's double there. Daniel Langbridge from the back. He had 185 metres, seven tackle busts and two line breaks. Uh, Brock Lamb as well steered the ship well. 2 try tri-assists, two line-break assists, a line break, three tackle breaks and two offloads. And week in, week out, Jaden Butterfield, he leads the way in the front row there. I mean, all their big men do, to be honest, but this week I'll point him out. He had um, had 121 metres and 12 carries. He won 90% of those carries. And he also made twenty-three tackles without a miss.
2: That's big work in the middle, mate. Uh, on what was not a—it uh, wasn't an icy day on Saturday either. So that's a lot of work to get through.
3: That's it, mate. That's it. So we've uh, we've breezed through freed through this section so far. So I've got a special mention for the stats man of the week. If you're ready.
2: Mate, just before we get into that, we might quickly just take a mention of a couple of the others from a couple of the other games. I know you and I talked about the Central Cessnock game off air. It was an absolute cracker that swayed, and just two of the standouts uh, without having the full stats were Cam Anderson and Tyrone Roberts-Davis with with doubles uh, for those two sides, and we talked about uh, you know doubles being the, the stat. South Newcastle as well. Corey Brown in a low-scoring game got a double to take his tally for the year to three, and what about this name? Winding back the clock, the running 5-8 for Wyong in their big win. Terence Cuc with a double. He scored four tries in the last three weeks, so he's uh, absolutely winding back the clock to his heyday, uh, probably when he was pulling on the boots at Manly, Terence. So good to see a few players getting the doubles, and uh, hopefully a few of them can uh, start to chase down the likes of big uh, flying Joey Woodbury and Perry LeBrock who are at the top of the... uh, try scorers later at the moment and perry le with the biggest effort of the year he got four tries a few uh, i think last round so that's the num they're the numbers to catch seven tries at the top of the try scorers board woodbury and le or four tries in a single game so we'll keep our eyes peeled for those sorts of numbers mate uh plenty of tries on the weekend
3: yeah it's a tall order to hit those numbers for any player but like you mentioned it's great to see terence here see wind back the clock for, for wyong there and um you know, I wish I could deliver some more stats across the wider array of clubs, but we're, we're limited to just to the tries for some of these clubs. So apologies to the listeners.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can to pull some together, mate. But uh, as I said, if some of those players want to get their names up in lights, the easiest way to do so is to, uh, if they, if their clubs aren't already providing stats, is to engage yourself. It's uh, a passion uh, bordering maybe on an illness how much you love your stats. But that's all right. <laughs> you know, that's what they say. Find find something you're passionate about, turn it into a job, and you'll never work a day in your life, right?
3: That's exactly right, mate. Love every
2: minute. And, and, and mate, speaking of your stats and your in depth pulling apart of the games to find all the key numbers, who is it that is your standout man? I think, uh, you know, we started with Callum Briggs in the first week. And remind me who we had last week. We had. Test, oh, test, mate, testing the memory.
3: Me on, you put on me on the spot here. It was definitely a back because I remember you got up me about not picking a forward again. <laughs> I am quite sure it was from Maitland.
2: It was too, and and we'll recap who it was. We might put a little bit, might build a little bit of a an honor board and uh, put them up on the uh, Instagram and the Facebook page to make up for the fact that neither of us have a a very good memory at nine thirty on a on a Wednesday night. So that's all right, mate. mate. We'll we'll move on from that. Who is the third of our stats man's standout performer of the week?
3: Yeah, well, I'm going to go with um a player from South Newcastle here. I thought it was fitting as they claimed their first win of the season against the big big rivals there West. I'm going to go with Mitch Black. I mentioned him last week as well. He's um, had a few good weeks in a row now. Obviously, um, he scored the match winner. Uh, backing up, I, I think, it's his cousin, I heard on the news, Harry Croker, off an offload there. So, that was just great to see. But if we delve deeper into the stats, he, he made 33 tackles with only one miss. He won all of his tackles. And by that, I mean he was square each time at marker or back to 10, which is a great effort in the middle. Um, he had four tackle busts with the ball, one offload, and on his six carries. So yeah, it was great to see his efforts rewarded with that match-winning try. they will do wonders for his confidence and also South Newcastle as a club.
2: He has been a standard. I know we mentioned him off the bench a couple of weeks ago against Central as well. <laughs> if I if I'm a uh, an opposition player, I'm probably. Not running at Mitch Black because it sounds like his strike rate with his defence, I think, that day he came off the bench and didn't miss a tackle. So he's only missed one out of 33 there. So he's got to have a strike rate north of 95% and the fact that he's winning all the tackles as well. uh, Look, you know, that's got to be um, pleasing for South and their coaching staff.
3: Yes, that's right, mate. And um, just back to that last point for listeners, it was obviously Chad O'Donnell last week who we anointed. So Briggs O'Donnell and Mitchell Black
2: now, three in a row. Thank you, mate. I knew, I knew you'd have your fingers on that in no time. So thank you very much for that, mate. So what we might do, we might take a bit of a break. We've got a couple of guests coming up, mate. Uh, we've got you to warm us up for, you know, uh, the Curtain uh, raiser Act for none other than the White Lightning, Nathan Ross, who's up next, and also Michael Dent from Thornton Beresfield. And then once I've had some time to catch up with the two of them, mate, we might come back and uh, quickly touch on the Knights and the uh, NRL round ahead. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, for it. It's now that time of the show where we get into the Denton Engineering Cup, the Northern Conference of the President's Cup, and we're fortunate enough to have a man who has not only been one of the key signings this year for his club, he returns to a club that he previously had some uh, success and went to a grand final with a number of years ago before he went on to run around for our local NRL side, the Newcastle Knights, but he's also played at Lakes United at another point in his career. He is none other than the, uh, the Ross dog. Nathan Ross, thanks for joining us on the show.
1: Nah, too easy, Chris. Thanks for having me on, mate. Appreciate it.
2: Mate, um, certainly, yeah, it was fairly hyped in the preseason yourself alongside Frank Paul and uh, Tyler coming to Curry there. Unfortunately, a few little niggles in, in the uh, lower legs, mostly, mate, uh, have kept you out so far.
0: Yeah, mate, look, um,
1: to be fair, it's a little bit unfortunate to have got to this stage and still not have played a game. We're starting to move really well in preseason. It's obviously well documented that I had that um, pelvic and groin injuries, which. Um, forced me to medically retire at that point in time. It's just all a matter of loading. And I think at, at one point in time, probably should listen to my body and pull back a little bit, but was trying to lead by example and did one one rep too many and kind of tore, tore a calf which is lingering around.
2: And how has it been, mate, going back to Curry? You talked about it there obviously, you know, trying to lead a little bit and it's certainly with your experience probably uh a big plus and a big reason for not only your on-field ability but, that Mitch Cullen will be looking forward to getting out there, but having you around the club. And I know from talking to a few of the young blokes there, certainly they've loved having you there. How's that been, taking on that real leadership role?
1: No, it's been absolutely amazing. I, I enjoyed my curry, my time out at Curry last time in 2013. And I made a commitment to the to the club and, you know, a lot of my mates out there that I'd come back and play with them again. And it's just good to be, I guess, playing club football with close friends where you just get to enjoy rugby league, where – um, we're always searching for that win but there's still that level of uh, I guess enjoyment that professional football kind of takes away
2: because it's a job. yeah I can certainly imagine mate and um, I know listening to your interview last week uh, with Barry Tui, you certainly talked about you know falling in love and with the game again out there and, and that's what's driven you to going back
1: Yeah it's incredible just the way that the community gets behind the team you know and, and seeing the young kids come down to, to training and to the games and I guess just the the family atmosphere Um, you can't kind of beat it out there at Curry and you know other than Newcastle probably my favourite club that I've ever played at
2: and uh, mate in terms of it obviously uh, it's been a bit of an up and down season so far for Curry you've had a few players missing at different points obviously yourself you've been out for the whole season so far Mitch Cullen's been out for a couple of weeks he comes back this week which will be great to have the uh, captain coach back in Uh, what's going to be the keys to sort of just turning it around and getting a bit more consistency in the form for the Bulldogs moving forward
1: well, I think that's exactly it. Just getting consistent, some consistency with the lineup week in, week out. You know, we, we've lost actually a few key signings uh, before the season even started. Uh, there was a, a front row of Khan who was unable to play due to some um, calf, lingering calf issues as well. Yep. Uh, Jesse Crone finished up on uh, being unable to play because of head knocks. So there, there's a couple of good forwards missing there. And then in terms of um, consistency of our lineup, we've had a lot of injuries. And we're just trying to make do with what we've got at the moment, knowing that if we don't lose too far contact with the top five, uh, a strong end to the back of the year will, will get us kind of where we need to be for the finals. And as everyone knows, it's a completely different league once that kicks off.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. And, and that's the, the big thing, isn't it, getting to that top five. But as you say, I think... Just looking at, on paper, that seven jersey, just trying to get some consistency there as well for someone alongside, obviously, the experience experience of Tyler Randall at six, and looks like Shea Padberg starting to settle in there a little bit uh, at the moment, which uh, hopefully they can build a bit of combination as well. Yeah,
1: exactly right, but even um, even Shea, even Dexter had a little bit of drama at the beginning of the year with an AC issue, so he's only just kind of coming back and getting some match fitness now, so I think you will do a fantastic job. He's getting better every single week, just as you get that match fitness, but um, it really is Tyler Randall's team. And we all just want to compliment him at this point in time.
2: Yeah, lovely, mate. And uh, just looking back at last week's results, uh, probably fairly disappointing for the boys at home to go down by such a margin to Wyong, 36-4. to Wyong, obviously, a, a very strong side, but I'm sure Mitch, even being out himself, would have been hoping for a bit more of a, uh, a close contest, especially at home there at the graveyard.
1: Yeah, I think it's one that got away from us late. You know, we, we lost a few plays in that game as well, like Tommy McKenzie, done his ankle and once you lose him we've been working towards trying to get Tommy to play 80 so it, um, our bench rotation can kind of work out a bit better we carry a few big bodies on the bench which enables us or which we've been trying to enable us to kind of control that ruck and generate ruck speed throughout the whole game and you know getting 90 minutes out of your hooker allows you to use your 80 to change a, a lot more effectively than if you use um, changing out your hooker during the game so it was a huge loss for us so people probably paid some bigger minutes than they were expecting to Look, it's kind of no excuse of where we want to be at this point of the year. It's just kind of um, keeping the person, personnel on the field which is the main thing.
2: Yeah, certainly, and it's probably the first real time that we've seen where um, yourselves haven't. You know, the last two weeks we, we haven't really been in the contest at full time. The, the games prior to that in the earlier, even when you're going down, it was two or four points here or there. It was quite tight. So I'm sure. That's something that uh, Mitch will uh, have you guys focusing on to getting back into that arm wrestle, especially with that big derby match this weekend against Cessnault.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Like, we've got Sweden, Mitch. We've got two really good coaches at the club who set up our game plans. We just quite didn't quite execute uh, on the weekend. Once again, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to put the blame on anything, but we, we have had a horrid run in terms of injury. And I, I can assure you that once we have a full-strength team on the paddock for a few weeks and we get, the, I guess, that consistency...
2: Uh, and playing with one another, we'll, we'll be there at the business end of the year. Yeah, And, and talking about that, obviously, you know, uh, you weren't far away from a return and we talked about it just before off-air. Uh, you're you're getting pretty close and, you know, it's, it's going to be a week-by-week proposition at the moment. Uh, obviously, with the, the bye weekend, the weekend after this one, uh, it's a bit of a, a decision for the coaches to make, depending on how you, how you go going forward.
1: Yeah, so I've got some physiotherapy tomorrow.
2: So I get some dry needling and a little bit of deep tissue massage on my soleus. And
1: just depending on how I present for training on, on Friday, I'll, I'll have a trot around with the boys and then I'll have a discussion at the end of that again with Swede and Mitch and see whether they want me to, you know, don the jersey and go out there for the Cessna game or whether we just give it that one more week with the buy following, knowing that I'd be 100% after the buy. Um, I'm chomping at the bit to get out of there. So I'm a pretty hard like to – you've almost got to immobilise me so I can, I, I can heal. I just always continue to push the boundaries to try and get back onto the paddock and – with soft tissue injury, sometimes
2: can be detrimental. Yeah, I was going to say, the Swede might need to cage you up if uh, if he says no this weekend.
1: <laughs> exactly right. Uh,
2: we'll just have a quick run through the other results from round six. Uh, Maitland Pickers had another big win, 42-12 over the entrance. Central Butcher Boys came from behind, 32-18 over Cessnock. Uh, Lakes put up a real fight against the ladder, leader, M- ladder leaders Macquarie down at Carl Oval, but going down 22-36 late. And South's pipped west at the bell and... Uh, mate, you're you're a man who's been around this competition for for a number of years and been based locally. It's not often we see West this far into the season without a win.
0: It's um,
1: it's very unique to ever see West in this situation. You know, they've had a proud legacy. So that's my three-year-old guy. in the background. <laughs> All good. <laughs> um, you know, West have a pr- proud legacy of um, being up there around the top and um, always in contention for a title. I know that in 2013, West of the team that West of the team that knocked us out. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Uh, when we played against them, you know, it was a pretty tough game. Um, but how they haven't got a win on the
2: board yet, yeah, it's it's a little bit um, unusual. They've certainly been very close in a lot of games, similar to yourselves in that early part of the season, kept teams in arm wrestles, but just not quite getting across the line, even that game against Curry up there at the graveyard. So I'm sure it's not too far away, and, and they'll be chomping at the bit. Uh, it's a big rivalry game, and it's one we might kick off with for looking ahead to this weekend and getting your thoughts they take on Maitland uh now you guys haven't seen Maitland as of yet you were scheduled to play him in round 1 but as wonderful downpours we had uh, what seems like a lifetime ago uh, called that one off and so that, that's there to be caught up but uh, who do you see here can West get the upset at Harker Oval or do you think Maitland will be too strong continuing on their run
1: yeah look i don't think west can can upset maitland at this point in time from what i'm hearing and the footage that i'm seeing they're just uh maitland are on a little bit of another one. A level at the moment. I know they had that hiccup there against Cessnock, but you know they're playing fast footy. They're playing structured footy. Um, you've got some good halves down there with Brock Lamb and, and Chad O'Donnell. Uh, some some good forwards in Jimmy Taylor and Sam Anderson. So they're pretty strong across the park. Uh, Curry Curry is going to be the first thing. Uh,
2: the next team to upset them, I think, mate. <laughs> I, I like that confidence, mate. Uh, well, <laughs> n- next up on Saturday, and this one's an interesting one and a key one. We saw. South get their first win last week. Lakes looked a lot closer than they have in recent weeks. Uh, and I'm sure Robbie Payne will have them up and about. They're one of your former clubs, mates. So um, how do you see the Seagulls? Can they go over to Merriweather and get the win and upset the Lions? The Lions would have had to throw in everything in the kitchen sink to get that win over West last week.
1: Yeah, look, I think with victory comes confidence. Uh, coming off the back of a win, South will be getting close to that formula of what they think will you know, get Continue to get wins on the board, so I think they'll be a little bit too strong for Lakes at this point in time. I know, I know Lakes have a, a few good players out there. And Robbie's doing his best to to rally the young young squad, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a difficult ask, especially with South coming coming off a win with some confidence.
2: Yeah, I certainly think that may be the case. And as you say, they, they've obviously bolstered themselves with Joel Edwards, but uh, I'm not too sure what's happening I those. Joel Edwards, Edwards was goal kicking last week, so that's uh, a little bit of a left field uh, left field call. So. <laughs> Uh, anything can happen out there if you're the big signing I suppose. Eddie would have been saying give me the ball I'll look after it boys. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, Now moving on to Sunday this game's been rescheduled to Sunday afternoon at 4.30. It's the local derby down on the coast and it's Mitch Williams and his boys the Wyong Roos hosting the entrance Tigers. The entrance started the season red hot but they've fallen away the last couple of weeks including that big loss on the weekend and look Woyong will be in form after their win over yourselves but this this uh, match will sort of decide who sits in fifth probably at the end of the round. So will it be Wang at home, mate, or do you think the Tigers will be the uh, side getting the two points here?
1: Look, if you'd asked me this question three weeks ago, I would have said the Tigers. But the way that Mitch Williams has turned Wang around in the past two weeks, you know, they rolled Cessnock and then rolled up. Once again, momentum's the key in this battle. Uh, entrance have kind of lost a couple of tight ones where Wang are starting to get that little bit of success. So, yeah, mate, I think the Battle of the Coast teams, Wang's going to come away with this one.
2: Certainly be interesting and uh, we, we always, you know, it always comes down with a lot of people and pundits when they're looking at these competitions, the names that they know, the XNRL players. And uh, we talk about Benji Marshall at South winding back the clock, man in the six jersey there at Wyong. Terence CUC is winding back the clock. I don't think the plan was even for him to really be playing first grade in this competition. He's going to play first grade on the coast, but he's absolutely uh, tearing it up. He's up the top with the leading try scorers as well and just taking on the line, looking dangerous quite frequently.
1: Yeah, look, Terence has always been a quality player. But I think the six on the other side will be, could, could actually come down to the battle of the sixes, whether it's going to be Will Pierce or Terence. Whoever kind of wins that that battle there, I think will take their team, team to victory. Uh, will Pierce is a fantastic player, good organizer, great kicking game. And as you said, Terrence has been uh, remarkable uh, with ball in hand at this point in time. So that's probably a key matchup out of that game. The, the, the six that kind of gains the dominance over the other one will go a long way to
2: securing the victory for their team. Yeah, it certainly will be a good matchup. well worth the price of admission down there at Murray breen Oval. The other game, before we get to the one that really matters for you, mate, uh, it's the top of the table, this one Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Macquarie Scorpions versus the Central Newcastle Butcher Boys. Steve Kittle undoubtedly have his boys fired up for only, I think, their second home game of the season. Their back line has been scoring tries at will. Joey Woodbury, Royce Jeffrey, and Roe Bocereau out wide. Uh, they're just looking like there's absolutely plenty of points in them, but Central... As they showed in the weekend, they started slow, but Luke Walsh had all the time in the world in the second half and steered them home, showing his experience there.
1: Yeah, mate. Look, I think I think um, M- M- Macquarie's going to come away with this one. What they do a lot more than other teams is they threaten the outside backs in this competition with a, with a kicking game. So they put the wingers and the centres under a lot, of, a lot of pressure and then they have you know, Joe Woodbury and, and, and Joe um, coming, coming through there um, competing for the ball. And at the very least, they're getting a knock knockback. And then, you know, you've got Royce Jeffrey; he's picking up, picking up the scraps and scoring tries off some disrupted um, player movement. Well, I think that will kind of be the key here. I know Walsh is going to try and uh, manage the game as much as he can. Um, but but I just think the way that uh, Macquarie's attacking sequences go in terms of putting pressure on, on the wingers, trying to isolate them, I think they'll get some more points there. I uh, can't see, I guess, Macquarie threatening Central as much in the middle, I think that the middle sets up their outside backs, that's for sure uh, I think it's going to be a close game but yeah, I think Macquarie will come away with
2: it huh? Yeah, I certainly think this one will be an absolute cracker, both sides, are, as you said, you talked about confidence and form, both sides in red hot form so it'll be a great game out there at Lyle Peacock and they always get a good crowd especially when they're doing well, Macquarie so uh, if the weather's pretty good for Mother's Day I don't doubt there'll be plenty of people getting their duties done early and uh, heading down to Lyle Peacock and there'll be a few other sides I would have thought that play on Saturday as well, turning up for a look at this one
1: yeah, well, almost as you said before. Steve
2: Kid's doing a fantastic job down there. Uh, I think he, I think he'll have the boys uh, up and ready. Lovely mate. And the final one. This is the one that we want to talk about. It's a Bar TV to his match of the round. Uh, if everything goes well and we've got fingers, toes, and everything else crossed for you, mate, that you can get out there. Uh, we may see the return of the Ross Dog or the White Lightning to the Curry Bulldogs colours up against Cessnock Goannas up at Battley Park there on Saturday afternoon. Reed Hugo back in for Cessnock, which is a big in for them. Uh, you guys obviously welcome back in your own second row superstar in the in the coach himself, Mitch Cullen, uh, and I noticed Big Benny Wyborn. Uh, he's a bit deceptive at his size, but named at nine, where he, he won't let anyone down, mate. Uh, he's fairly mobile for a bigger body.
1: Well, Benny Wyborn is fantastic. You know what? Well, he cleans up. He cleans up a lot of stuff, and it goes unnoticed. I guess if you saw him playing at a higher level, where there's a lot more uh, video footage, teams would recognize him. But he's like the garbage man, mate. He cleans up all the all the trash there. Um, other players miss. Uh, and the inclusion of you know the skipper, the coach, um, Carlo, what he does is, is the energy and the confidence that players around him kind of get from seeing him on the paddock, um, being a club legend and, you know, someone who, ne- who never lets anyone down. It's only going to help the team. Because I think it's going to be a tough game. It's always a tough game between Cessnock and um, Curry Curry. But with the loss of, I guess the two players that separated us in the charity shield were those, the, the two Burns brothers who, yep. from what I'm hearing, have taken off back to Queensland, which I think levels the playing field a lot more. I think Curry's going to come, come away with a victory there. Yeah, well, well, I know Curry's going to come away with a
2: victory I was, there. I was going to say, we <laughs> expect, expecting a little bit more confidence there from you, mate. But
1: No, uh, no, nah, nah, we we, we're just going low-key at the moment and, and then turn on when the time's right.
2: Yeah, I'm so, I'm certainly looking forward to One of the battles I'm looking forward to is the, is the battle of the centres. So whoever, whether it's Stevie Gordon or Henry Penn, who comes up against Tyron Roberts-Davis, that's going to be an absolute cracker. It looks like they've done a bit of a reshuffle, Cessnock with Harvey Neville playing in the centres this week, possibly and Josh Griffiths at halfback. So we'll wait and see how that actually shapes up. But, uh, yeah, there'll be certainly some really good matchups. Adrian Davis against Tyler Randall. AJ um, look, looking in absolute cracking form to start the game last week for uh, Cessnock. So... Uh, hopefully all the Coalfields locals get up there and support. Hopefully, as we said, mate, you can get out there uh, and have a run this weekend. But if not, undoubtedly, once they do unleash you, there'll be uh, absolute bags of energy running around for curry with you out there, mate. So all the best with the calf injury. Thanks for a bit of time. And uh, hopefully we can catch up with either yourself or Colour later in the season uh, when the boys have got a few wins in a row and are heading deep towards the finals.
1: Yeah, cheers, mate. Looking forward to it. And uh, looking forward to seeing everyone out there on Sunday. Thanks
2: for your time. A big thanks to Nathan Ross there, and we'll take a little bit of a break, and we'll be back with Michael Dent from the Thornton Beresfield Bears. Well, it's that time of the show where we jump into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, and we are back full circle to where we were at the start of the season. We're looking at the A-grade win network premiership. And we're joined by the coach of the Defending Premiers. Uh, he's got coaching in his bloodlines, that's for sure. His old man's been coaching, well, since I think Noel was on the arc. But uh, Michael Dent, mate, uh, certainly runs in the family. And uh, you're following in Noel's footsteps uh, coaching Thornton Beresfield this year.
0: Yeah, mate. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, yeah, look, mate, you're doing some coaching this year. Um, we'll be playing as well at some point. Um, but I think it was more of a, a situation where it just sort of fell into our lap, um, Obviously, Paddy Robarts, uh, not around this year. So, I think in order to keep the same sort of group together, uh, I knew that one of us would have had to have done it. And took it over from Paddy.
2: Yeah, mate. And um, is there any any chance if this becomes a bit of a career, mate, we might see a uh, pre-season charity shield dent versus dent each year or something like that? What do you reckon? Bragging uh, mate, I
0: wouldn't mind it. I'd, uh, I'd be maybe 3-0 against him. Uh, well, yeah, last year against East Mainland and I've heard him uh, against Woodbury a couple of times as well. So, I've got a good track record against the man so far.
2: Oh, it's, it's good, mate, when they're uh, local derbies as well. With uh, you know, they're, they're always handy to get going in the pre-season trials, but uh, we'll wait and see, mate. He uh, he's, uh, might not have had as much success in the last couple of years, but he's certainly won some titles in his time, so if you could have half as much success throughout your coaching career, I'm sure you'd be happy.
0: Yeah, for sure, mate. Yeah, he's done some good things, and I think um, you know, these days he sort of stands around, fight around a photo out of it and he looks at a new challenge every year, so he's back at Woodley. Um, this year, so who knows where he
2: could be next year Yeah, exactly mate it, wherever, wherever he rocks up, he's always good for a yarn about footy And uh, pass on some wisdom, that's for sure uh, I've had many a long conversation with your old man At footy ground, some have been feedback on my refereeing Which I'm sure you'll be uh, prepared to give me at different points too along the way <laughs>
0: I'm sure they were all positive comments from the
2: old man, were they? Oh yeah, mostly mate he's, he's always fairly upbeat about footy He just loves chatting footy, I think so. Yeah, he does, he loves,
0: he loves a bit of footy talk
2: but uh, speaking of footy talk, mate, let's get into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, and we'll have a look back at, at Round Three. And uh, as I said, uh, feel free to, feel free for a bit of feedback, but be nice on my refereeing. Uh, unfortunately, uh, for your side, mate, I, I did referee you. Well, this isn't the unfortunate bit. I did referee your game on Friday night, thirty six twenty six. You went down to Northern Lakes. There was periods there, mate, where you guys really showed some um, some real real ability and gelling, but it just wasn't an eighty minute effort, probably from you guys and Northern Lakes, just a little bit too classy. Yeah, mate, definitely, definitely wasn't our better
0: performances. Um, but yeah, like you said, credit to, to North. They, uh, they played really well. Uh, they played fast and they played for the whole 80 minutes, which, which we didn't. Um, like this year, I think they were definitely up there. They were one of the threats to watch. So um, yeah, credit to them. They played well and on the night, we just weren't good enough.
2: Yeah, it's not an easy place to go down to on a Friday night. I think uh, when I arrived, uh, half of the crowd was already well and truly intoxicated. And by the end of the game, they were abusing both teams, not just one. I don't know if they could tell the difference. So it's a different atmosphere yeah. down there at North Lakes on a Friday night. Yeah, the
0: crowd's are, um, pretty tame, aren't they, down
2: there? Yeah,
0: uh, they, I think they seem to enjoy their Friday nights, obviously. They go to a crowd for it. So I'd imagine they'd be yeah, up for it most weeks.
2: Yeah, it's been good and they've been fortunate enough to have a good run of home games to kick off the season. In the other games, mate, uh, Cardiff got their first win of the season, 32-16 over Curry, which is a good bounce back after them having to forfeit the week before.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, OK. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I haven't seen too much of those either sides. You know, I saw the Cardiff side and the non-lines, and they look to be a pretty um, pretty fast side. So, yeah, are yeah, a... interested to see what they, um, yeah, what they put up next S- time we them.
2: They've certainly got some punch in the outside backs. Curry. I guess are just dependent on any given week. If they're higher grades, it's the joys of the grades. They've got uh, players missing, then they get players sucked up. And uh, yeah. they'll have a good uh, mix of experience and youth, though, with not having a 19s this year. Dora Creek bounced back to winning ways, 28-6 to over South Newcastle. So shows that South Newcastle won't be an easy beat. But Dora Creek, as always, and as you guys know from last year, you'd expect them to be there when the whips are cracking. Oh, yeah, for
0: sure. Um, and like you said, the uh, 28-6 scoreline uh, against Dora, that's um, pretty... yeah pretty fair to be honest, like South
2: must have been that game for most of it, to only go down yeah, by that score. Yeah, certainly uh, three tries in, a, in about an eight minute period there I think gave it to Dora Creek in the second half, but uh, it's not an easy trip down to Dora Creek, just like that North Lakes one, and speaking of trips that aren't easy, Leningen Oval on a Saturday afternoon, I think it was a 4.30 kickoff. Northern Hawks went down there with only 13 men, uh, and a gallant effort just to just to trek track down to Leningham with 13 men to take on. A very physical Belmont South side with a couple of XNRL players in it. sixty-eight to nil Belmont, probably fairly predictable. You'd expect when Belmont had a full squad and Northern Hawks, they've been challenged already in their in their time in A grade.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty rough shot, isn't it? Taking thirteen blokes down the night to play Belmont. Um, you know, hopefully that that's not something that'll be a regular thing for them. You know, each week hopefully they've got some more numbers, and this is just a one-off sort of situation. Um, but I'd imagine they'd have a fair squad considering you know decent region to pull from now. they've got a reserve round above them so yeah hopefully have got you know, more numbers for the season
2: yeah fingers crossed they can draw a few more players in and get a, a bit more of a core of uh, committed players to go alongside as you said their reserve grade and 19s and start to field aside because it doesn't matter who you've got if you've only got 13 players it's going to be really tough outings Maybe we might just quickly flick back to your game last week mate and uh, the talk certainly out of the game the quickest man in Newcastle and Hunter A grade do you think he happens to play in the centres for you?
0: Uh, Simo? You'd yeah, ha- he'd, he'd have
2: to be close. He, he was b- absolutely burning people at the end of that game when everyone else was uh, out on their feet.
0: Yeah, when, um, yeah when, when Simo wants to turn it on, he, he generally can. Um, it's just a matter of, sort of getting him in that position and, and getting some early ball to do it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're pretty fortunate to have a bloke like Simo out wide. He, he certainly offers us um, a fair bit of strike.
2: Yeah, he certainly does, and, and was quite strong late in that game and took took some, uh, like he was smart to take advantage of some w- tiring defenders. Uh, and the fact that he got two tries, I'll, I'll be in trouble if I don't mention this other bloke who got two as well, Kyle Hanford, he uh, wasn't necessarily uh, as accurate with the boot as he might have liked, but uh, he got a couple of meat pies for his efforts uh, running the ball fairly dangerously, which is nice to have someone that's got his ball playing as well as ball running ability in your team, mate. Yeah, for
0: sure, mate. A, you know, he's a pretty classy player. I think, you know, at times there when we need him to do something or produce something, he, he did. Uh, that try, he scored the kick, was um, was pretty special, I thought. And, yeah, he certainly he certainly gave it his all that night. Um, unfortunately, you know, we were down on trips a little bit and probably didn't have the numbers that we would have liked to. Um, but I thought that our half tried you know, pretty hard considering what we had to sort of um, work with.
2: Yeah, certainly, mate. And uh, are you expecting some numbers back this week or, or where do you sit yeah, at the end of the game yeah, against this
0: we should, um, Yeah, this week we should have a 4-9 and should get um, some, pretty, some pretty handy numbers back, which will help us a lot. Um, but, you know, I'm sure you know, most clubs are in the same boat week for week. On any given week, it's pretty hard to put out your full-strength your full
2: side, so... So certainly is, made and uh, yeah, it's hard to try and get that consistency of having that side two or three weeks in a row with shift workers, trades, all those sorts of things, depending on when games are. So it can be a bit of a challenge.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've noticed this year, obviously with North Lake you know, having their Friday night games. I think there's Sunday games is there with um, the Hawks as well. Yeah, some so some, some of the
2: Sunday play. games. Yeah, just depending on when yeah. they play and where they play. So. Yeah,
0: so I imagine that'll that'll hurt some teams across the year as well.
2: Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, And speaking of Friday games, uh, Northern Lakes, I think, for the fourth round in a row, uh, which has been a nice run for them, but it means they're going to have some travel at the back end, are at home on Friday night, and they'll take on Curry. Curry have been a little bit up and down, and uh, they would have been eyeing off that game against Cardiff as as maybe a a winnable one, but unfortunately couldn't get the result, and it's going to be a tough trip for them Friday night. Uh, I mean, again, speaking from experience, after what you saw last week, they're certainly going to have their work cut out down there, taking on the Warriors at Gumbaya Oval at 7 o'clock.
0: Yeah, for sure, mate. Like I said, I don't know too much about Curry, uh, but I'll, I'd imagine that, that North Lakes will, yeah, they'll be probably too good for Curry on the night there. Um, very fast North Lakes. I'll, I'll surprise. Last year they were more of a bigger pack, and uh, this year they're more of a mobile pack with lots of speed guys around the run. So that's what it us uh, mostly.
2: Yeah, they certainly had plenty of mobility, and, and they just seem to. Again, it's one of those keys. I think at this this higher level of the Newcastle and Hunter is having that depth there didn't seem to be you see some sides there's a real drop once they're you know, starting forwards come off and they rotate guys on but you, there was no real notable change at any point they just kept rolling forwards on and on and off and um, yeah. I mean you, you guys weren't too different in that case but I think that's going to be the difference probably between the top sides and the bottom sides in this competition Competition is what that rotation looks like
0: Yeah for sure and certainly uh, as, as the season goes on the changes happen that depth will you know, come in between So I think that. Northern Lakes, Their yeah, best player for me was the 14th off the bench and he yeah, tore us apart um, from dummy half. So, yeah, they certainly had a handy bench.
2: Yeah, they certainly did. And, yeah, as you said, that pace out of the ruck was, uh, as people started to tire, it was quite humid for, for a night game. So uh, it was a little bit yeah. challenging, but we'll, we'll see how they come along as the whips are cracking, as I'm sure you guys will be there as well. And uh, speaking of you guys, you do take on South Newcastle, at home at Somerset Park on Saturday. It's a standalone fixture with just the one side for you guys in the competition, mate. Uh, are you expecting a, a good crowd down there on the home deck uh, to take on uh, one of the uh, local, uh, I guess, top-tier sides in South coming back from the grade competition with an A-grade side as well to complement their first and Reggies? Yeah, it'd be nice, mate. It'd
0: be a nice to have a crowd down there. I actually missed our first game game at I wasn't there for that, so I'm not too sure what the crowd was like there, but Last year, uh, most games, yeah, just got a good start, yeah. uh, and this year being our second year back in the comp, hopefully we can uh, get even some
2: more fans back on board. Yeah, fingers crossed. And what do you think will be the key to uh, taking on a South Newcastle side? Obviously, you know, very, very hard to guess what they're going to put on the paddock, I, I suppose. Um, we know there's going to be some players there with, with some experience, and we talked about it before, the likes of you know Reese Hayne, who was at Waratah last year in their B-grade side, and was one of their starting props leading them to a grand final win. Uh, Dwayne Sampson, the likes of these sorts of guys as well, so they'll certainly have plenty of physicality.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think they heard of um, Daniel Nielsen as well, so he's another big middle forward. Uh, I think for us, mate, I think if we can just improve the uh, fence, um, you know, last week, Friday night, we scored 26 points and still got beat, so obviously it's not our attack that was the issue, it was defence there, so um, yeah, I think we around the ruck and Fix things there I think uh, We every
2: our ourselves Every our chance To win the game Yeah excellent mate um, The other two games We'll get a quick tip Before I let you go uh, We've got Belmont South Hosting card If you would uh, Think Belmont South Would be a short price To go back to back At home mate Yeah well
0: I've been looking at the score In the last couple of weeks so I don't think Belmont have had a try Score in the last two weeks
2: No, I don't think so They've been pretty strong Defensively certainly And uh, also put plenty of points On the board So they're starting to hit Their straps
0: yeah, look, I'll, I'll
2: be going on Belmont South in that one. And now this one, uh, Northern Hawks, they'll host Dora Creek. It'll be at Lakeside Sporting Complex at Raymond Terrace. It'll be part of a, I think it's a, a triple header with some Raymond Terrace sides as well. 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. And uh, you're probably, if you're a Northern Hawks fan, you're probably thankful that they're at home because they're certainly going to have their work cut out for them uh, against a side that's only lost two games in two years, or three games, sorry, now in, in just over two years. Yeah,
0: Northern Lakes beat them. Uh, they will worked in that. Uh, look, yeah, I, don't know. I know they've lost a few players in last year, but I'm sure they've they've picked up some as well. Um, I'm sure they'll be there at the end of the year. Uh, so, yeah, I'll probably be back in this one against the Hawks.
2: Yeah, I'd certainly think they'll get the job done there, mate. But, uh, look, you know, hopefully all four games are nice and competitive and they've got good crowds around. That's the biggest thing is... If you are around one of those four grounds, whether it's North Lake, Somerset Park, Lenigan Oval, or Lakeside, those last three all on Saturday, make sure you get down, support, have a couple of cans, and uh, give some feedback to the players. They always love that. All the all the ones in uh, all the people out there in pink, like myself. Um, but uh, mate, uh, we we appreciate you jumping on tonight. Uh, good luck this weekend against Souths. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to catch up with uh, yourself or one of the other boys. I'm sure Kyle will be chomping at the bit to try and get on the show later in the year and and give us some insight into into the club uh, from a different angle. But uh, we appreciate okay. your time, as I said, mate. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: What was that, sorry? I'm
0: sure Kyle would love to get on here, mate. He, he'd tell you how good he is. He'd
2: love that. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I'll leave that for you to say, mate. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to take too many pot shots at him. I called him the wrong name for the first 10 minutes last week, so he wasn't uh, he, was, oh. he He was. was real happy with me at that point. But that's all right. He, uh, he forgave me quickly enough. But, mate, uh, yeah, good luck for the rest of the year. Thank you again for yourself and uh, a shout-out to your, uh, your me man, the manager, mate. He's always uh, into me, uh, Big Kingy, just uh, making sure that I, oh, I, I got give, King, yeah. give uh, the Bears a mention and uh, he was very happy to try and facilitate it last minute when we had a out this afternoon and get yourself on. So, appreciate that, mate. Good luck for the rest of the year and uh, hopefully catch you around the trap soon. Cheers,
0: mate. Thanks for having me.
2: And that was, of course, Thornton Beresfield Bears. Coach Michael Dent, uh, wishing him all the best with his recovery and hopefully we'll see him back on the paddock soon. But in the meantime, he'll undoubtedly continue to steer the Bears well, the defending Agro Premiers, via the clipboard. We're going to take a little bit of a break and then we'll come back with Josh Spiegelman returning to have a look at the Newcastle Knights and the NRL. All right, I'm back with our resident stats guru and NRL expert. Uh, He's your man if you need uh, any pointers on your super coach, I'm told. Josh Spiegelman back with us, mate. Uh, The the Ross Dog and uh, Mikey Den have got us warmed up now and fired up for you to really bring us home. So let's jump into the NRL, mate. And um, in about three or four sentences, what happened last week with the Knights?
3: Well, mate, I'm not your guy to go to about NRL tips, that's for sure, because I stupidly backed the night. So I, I really thought uh, effort against Penrith could have transferred to the Roosters game. Massively disappointing. That first 20 minutes, you just can't get, give a team like the Roosters that start. You know, I, I thought our defense would could have put the Roosters off their game, especially, you know, all the questions about Sam Walker and his size. But he was just too good at the end of the day, wasn't he?
2: He certainly was. And, you know, I think the nicest thing might be the less said, the better on that game. Unfortunately, we were an absolute clinic by a roosters side that's you know obviously fairly uh low on numbers at the moment and even more so after that weekend and and probably the biggest talking point to come out of that that you know um uh, was it was probably as almost devastating even for knights fans as as the loss was uh, the injury to to uh one mr morris with his acl
3: yeah you, you never like to see that a legend of the game um being at the game myself it was, it was sad to see um yeah, just devastating if his career ended like that. Obviously, I'm not a player, not for a long time myself, but you know, we appreciate what the players do week in, week out, put their bodies on the line, whether it be at the Newcastle Rugby League level or the NRL and to see that happen. Such a great character. Is, yeah, it was terrible.
2: 100%, mate. So let's jump ahead and put last weekend behind us and uh, we'll, we'll go through the other seven games really quickly just with a, a couple of word tip and uh, then we'll wrap up with the big clash out in Wagga Wagga this weekend. So we start tomorrow night, so Thursday night at Stadium Australia at South Sydney, a depleted South Sydney, uh, taking on the Melbourne Storm. I personally think the Storm will be too classy in this one, especially with Souths having uh, some key outs. I just can't see them uh, putting 80 minutes together against the Storm side, and if they give up points early, they'll be in big trouble.
3: Yeah, it's a patchwork South team this week. Uh, Melbourne have uh, back and George Jennings too, so yeah, Melbourne for me.
2: The next one, again, Penrith coming in on an absolutely massive winning run. Uh, we've talked about it before, but they're $1. ten favourites up against the Sharks. Again, how do you back against this Penrith side in the form that they're in at the moment, uh, especially now they've got uh, Appy Coruscant and Dylan Edwards back in that spine?
3: Yeah, you just can't, can you, Chris? You just can't back against them, so I think it's an easy tip for both of us here, Penrith at home.
2: This next one, a little bit interesting. The Eels, fifty favourites at Banquest Stadium at 8 o'clock tomorrow, uh, Friday night against the Roosters. We saw what the Roosters could do, so you'd be a brave man to write them off. The Eels have had some lapses, but at home they've been really strong as well, and that's probably best typified by that win they had early in the season against Melbourne. So, look, I'm going to go the Eels, but uh, I'm not seeing this being, uh, you know, a lay-down Mazaire victory for them.
3: Yeah, I'll go the Eels as well. I think if it wasn't at Banquest, I might... Go the Roosters, I think they'll they'll be up for this for Morris, as we spoke about before. You know, a bit of a, a bit of a testimonial there, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think the Eels will just be too strong a banquet. But Tinesco is back, that's worth noting, so that's something for the draw.
2: Certainly is. Uh, now looking ahead, obviously the early game will be the Knights game, travelling out to Wagga. So we'll come back to that one. The next one at uh, picturesque Campbelltown. It is the West Tigers hosting the Titans. The Tigers coming off that uh, upset win. The Titans coming off the upset loss. Uh, will Holbrook be able to get his Titans back up against the Tigers or are the Tigers going to make it two straight at Campbelltown? They're $2.45 outsiders.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Tigers in this match. Um, I'm going to ride the form wave here. The Titans were just massively disappointing. They looked like they were running in quicksand in the second half of that match against Brisbane. I mean, tipping the Tigers has usually been a downfall for me and probably everyone else across the years, but if you're ever going to tip them at home at Campbelltown, I think this is a week to ride them.
2: We did um and ah about it last week. I did see something earlier in the week about the Tigers coming off a win when they were outsiders, and this is really clutching at stats, playing at Campbelltown, and they've got an average losing margin of something like twenty-four points. So I'm just going to go David Fafita going back in for a couple for a couple of tries into the Titans to win, and uh, certainly looking forward to the back the back row matchup here with uh, Leilua coming up against Fafita and Proctor. But yeah, I'll go the Titans to win in this one. Uh, the Saturday night game, and geez, how do, how do you go about tipping either of these sides at the moment? The Cowboys a fifty-four at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville, hosting the Brisbane Broncos. Neither of them have much of any sort of form line at the moment. The Cowboys sitting 12th, the Broncos 15th, five wins between them from 16 games and a combined for and against of minus 190. So, yeah, your, your guess is as good as mine here, mate. Yeah, new
3: half pairing this week. Knights uh, nice. will get a little look at Jake Clifford as Ben Hampton's out for an extended period, I think, with a peck injury. So that might uh, change up how the Cowboys play there. Or Javid Bowen's in the centres as well. A little bit of a form guide if you can count one half a football for the Broncos. So similar mentality to the Tigers game. I'm just going to tip the Broncos here.
2: All right, I'll split the difference. I'll go the Cowboys at home, mate. Uh, We'll move on to Sunday afternoon. And the first of these games, Manly, they've been in really good form. They showed some very brief glimpses against the Panthers, but nowhere near enough to get them... Within the striking distance and, and they host up against the Warriors at Lotto Land there. Uh Manly probably rightfully so, a dollar forty seven favorites. And uh look, you know, Turbo versus RTS. RTS probably isn't what he was, and Turbo's been firing on all cylinders since he's come back.
3: Yeah, exactly, mate. Uh worth noting that Manley's forward stocks will be a bit depleted. Uh, Martin Papau and Josh Alloway. Allaway, you help me out with that one.
2: Yeah, Josh Alloway, yep. Yeah
3: yep, they're both out for the week, so um, it might make a difference to their forward pack, but yeah, I'll be tipping the favourites here, Manly at Loyalands.
2: And just a little bit of a, an interesting stat, the 18th man, mate, I don't know if you noticed who that was this week for Manly, none other than B. Trebojevic, yes. so could we see a trifecta of as there's a mouthful, try and say that a few times so quickly, jeez. <laughs> That's it, yeah. We'll we'll see. Uh, It'll be great to see at some point this year, uh, seeing Ben make his debut. But, uh, yeah, I'll be with Manly there as well. Now, this next game, St. George, they're really short favourites. They're playing against a Bulldog side that is, uh, well, let's just say not going very well. But they've burnt me last week after I said, oh, I've just got to go with them against the Tigers. I think we were both in the same boat with no confidence, and we saw why. (laughs) But surely they can't get rolled on a Sunday afternoon twice in a row.
3: Yeah, you'd think so. Uh, no low max for them in the centres this week, losing a strike weapon there, but you compare strike weapons across the park here, and the Dragons have still got the Bulldogs covered. Bulldogs are attempting tip. You think if they're going to beat anyone, they could beat a St. George team down on four. I think it's three losses in a row now for the Dragons, is it? Yep. Uh, obviously, the Josh McGuire curse there coming from the Cowboys. Um, but I'll, I'll tip the Dragons to get back on a winning run, but I'll tip them by a very narrow margin, I think.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I think the an interesting one. The Bulldogs in some of their games against some of the lower ranked sides have actually come out of the blocks pretty well. So, like the Knights round one's a great example of that. So, I wouldn't. I don't mind the uh, Bulldogs to score first and lose, uh, maybe into you know the Bulldogs plus say twelve and a half or something like that um, as a bit of a multi, um, and see what you can get in the same game multi stakes there. So. Uh, certainly worth having a look at because, as you said, I don't think it'll be too much separating them. But let's get into the game that we really want to talk about, mate. It is down at Wagga. It's a perfect opportunity for a weekend away for those that have booked it. You've got the Wagga Cup on Friday into Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock at McDonald's Park in Wagga. It's my Canberra Raiders taking on your Newcastle Knights, mate. It's uh, two sides that are both desperate for a win and neither of them have much of a form line. So it could be, uh, you know, which side loses this game rather than which side wins it, I think.
3: Yeah, at the end of the day, I think the Raiders have just more points in them. I mean, our our execution was so poor last week. Obviously, we have a new half with Phoenix Crossland coming in for Blake Green, who broke a rip. Um, I'm going to tip the Raiders here, and I'm going to tip them, I'm going to say by 10 points. Because I think, yeah, like I said, too many points in them. George Williams has been named uh, from his hamstring injury last week. Now, if he's out, I'll lessen that margin, but I'll probably still tip the Raiders.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll be going with my heart and my head here and going with the Raiders. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a late change uh, on their bench, uh, excluding the George Williams uh, question mark. And uh, after all that nonsense that went on last week, Joe Tapanet might find his way out of the squad and Ryan James might come in, I think, uh, or Dunamis-Louis. So. Uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see what these two sides can come out of this one. The loser of this finds themselves in a really bad position. The winner of this finds himself in a less bad position, but still with a lot of work to do if they want to be a top eight side. So it's a key game out there in Wagga. I hope it's a sellout, so the fans will get around it, and uh, hopefully it's an absolute cracker. But uh, hopefully the Knights can put up some fight, and even if they walk away without the points, mate, uh, build something into the following week uh, when they'll uh, head up to Magic Round.
3: Yes, when they played the Tigers, correct, Suncorp. That'll be a very hard game to tip as well.
2: Yeah, hopefully it's the revenge for for the earlier loss in the year. But, mate, uh, a big thank you to you. Good luck uh, with your tips on the weekend, mate. Uh, enjoy your stats gathering as well. And uh, we'll undoubtedly talk to you next week about some NRL and some number crunching and uh, get back into the local footy as well as the national stuff. So talk to you soon, Josh.
3: Thanks, Chris, mate. I appreciate you having me on.
2: A big thanks to all our guests this week. Of course, uh, our regular Josh Spiegelman, who comes in with his stats as well as his NRL knowledge and opinion. Always much appreciate him. We love having him on every week as we have the last few. Uh, Michael Dent, the coach of the Thornton Beresfield Bears. Uh, again, really good insight into the WIN Network, A-grade premiership in the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League. And uh, one of the biggest guests we've had to date, uh, Nathan the Ross dog, White Lightning Ross. Uh, a big thanks to... Uh, Mitch Cullen for teeing that one up and for Nathan for giving up his time on the show. Uh, Make sure you do get out and check out all of your local footy action. Again, there is an absolute plethora of local footy on this weekend, whether it be Friday night, Saturday or Sunday. We will make sure to try and put up some schedules for games for this weekend. Again, on the page tomorrow being Friday. And, uh, yeah, make sure to tune back in next week and uh, send through some feedback during the week on what you'd like to see or who you might like to hear on the show. We're certainly looking forward to spreading the love to some new clubs that haven't been on the show before or returning clubs that have. And, of course, make sure you keep voting in our People's Club Eliminator. We have five quarterfinalists decided at the moment, three more to decide, and then it's really into the business end of that one, and we can really see some uh, local fans getting behind their clubs, so there's some real tight battles coming, undoubtedly. A big thanks for tuning in. Great to have you on board. Go and enjoy your local footy this weekend, and we will catch you... Next week.
0: We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the
1: line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be a try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second.
2: You're listening to League Cup, Newcastle 100th home Rugby League.